Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, and Andy Brandt-Bernard. We will be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls around motor group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. What do do? Do, do, do. Are you rocking out, man? Rocking out. Nothing wrong with that. Let me just. I was rocking out on the way here, though, to KQ. Oh, you were? What were you listening to? Uh, They were playing Scorpions, which they don't play that much, so I was. I was going to say, which which Queen song were they playing? No, they were playing Scorpions. No. Since James took over, our music has changed a lot. Oh, yeah? Matter of fact, I was making fun of it the other day. It actually has. Oh, a lot. Oh, good. I said, yeah, you, you guys know. I said this on the air too. I said, hey, you guys notice we don't play Winchester Cathedral anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, they they started playing the next gen of rock, like, yes, like the they new. Uh... They're dabbling in like you know Soundgarden and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. they, they didn't used to play. No, so it's good. I like it. It yeah, works for me. I That's like all too. I have to say. Yeah, it comes along a lot better, and I just uh, you know. The two things I don't miss is uh, is pop rock and showing up on the show to schmooze when you're not on the show. That's the part that I didn't care for at all. But <laughs> that's just me, you know. At the, oh God, yes. Oh yeah, I've got a uh, Tommy. I've got some announcements to make. Why? Oh, do you? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know. What <laughs> now, you now know I what I'm talking about. Yes, you do. I knew you'd remember. There's yeah. no question about it. I thought you meant people would just like <laughs> randomly walk into the studio and be like, hello. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <clears throat> what are you doing is all I have to say, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, Jesus, I tell you, it's just um, looking at all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And do we have to? Actually, oh, uh, <laughs> no, no, we do not. <laughs> Catherine, I talked to. Uh, you talked to. I talked to uh, Michael Chiklis this morning, the star of Coyote. Oh, 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 that, Michael. Good guy. What a okay. good guy. What a great... Did you know that they've only done six episodes and they don't know if they're going to do any more at all because of the COVID thing? Really? Hmm. Have you guys seen that show, Coyote? I hope nope. so good. I've seen, I've seen the, he... the trailer for it, but I haven't seen the show. Right. What's right. he in? What's? Uh, did you ever see The Bridge? Yeah, the bridge was great. Oh, that yeah, was I've a seen really the bridge. Good show too. Yeah, the bridge yeah, was good. Kinda, kinda yeah, it's kind of, sort of like that in a way. I saw the bridge. In a way, what, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I really like about it is Michael Chiklis and I were talking about this too, is that in the very first episode, he's a border patrol agent arresting people for sneaking across the border, and then uh, he runs into a little trouble here, there, now. Oh, I did offer, by the way, Catherine, that if they ever want to sell the land that that house he was building sits on, you and I would buy it. God, I know. This thing. Baja, California, Mexico, obviously. Holy God, is that coast beautiful. Except for you have to deal with all the drug lords burning your house down if they don't like something (laughs) you did. That's true. Yeah, those are some scary people that they're dealing with. Yikes. It's actually getting worse in that area right now, too. Well, it's been bad for basically ever. It's, well, yeah. Pretty much true, but what I like about the show is... They switched their position. He switched position trying to understand the other side of coming across the border. But they it's not political at all, which is what I love. They didn't politicize the whole thing. Not yet. You yeah, know not I mean? yet. <laughs> well, he said he wasn't going to do it because I talked to him about oh, it this good. morning. He said, we're not going to politicize this thing at all. It's going to be a, a guy's personal experience, and that's all there is to it. So I think it's wonderful. We were just talking about some other things off the air and uh, got a couple of special guests coming up this morning, or this morning, this afternoon. Well, it still is morning now. It's only 11, 28, 29, whatever. But, um, yeah, I got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show today. I just, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about a lot of different things. Uh, The world is just it just does piss me off. And one thing I brought up, I, I brought in my car for, for, for service. Here we go. I brought in my car for service. And there was a young woman. She's probably, I don't know how a young woman was. She was probably in her 40s, somewhere in there. But she's very nice, and she struck up a conversation, and we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. And she said, Do you know, did you see what CNN's doing? I said, oh, you mean the fact they took off the counter they had on every second? I know, isn't that interesting? Mm. Yeah. They took it down. And then, I was reminded by Brian Zepp this morning, they did the same thing with the Gulf War. They used to keep a counter on how many people had died in the Gulf War until Barack Obama became president. That day, they took it down. Well, I don't think there's anyone on earth who would Ugh. say that they're not extraordinarily biased in one direction. Well, it's just I, a oh known God. thing at this point. I mean, I said it a long right. time ago, in February, after yeah. the election, the news would stop covering COVID. Yeah, you can go back. You can <clears throat> listen to me say yep. that as soon as Biden gets into office, COVID is going to stop being a big deal. You can find it months yeah, ago. I said, I said, I said, it the, happened. I said the media will stop covering yep. it. Yep, it's not going well, away, so, but the media stopped talking. Yeah, about it. it's not a big deal anymore. Right. What's so amazing about it, though, is now that there's supposed to be the supposedly this new, more infectious, more deadly strain. Yeah. That, and they're talking briefly about now having a third. Uh, second booster after your initial okay so it'd be three shots instead three of two shots, okay. 
Yeah, so because they're going to try to get ahead of this new strain. Mm. And this is, I mean, this would have been the biggest deal in the world before the yep. election. And now they're not even, they, nobody's even hardly talking about it. Nope. Except for the drug companies. Yeah, I yep. suppose that is true. It's insane. <laughs> it's the brain, I know. the brainwashing of a country. Yes, it is. And plenty of people don't you guys know better. I want to ask you guys a question because I did not understand that. Another guy's been arrested, a very wealthy guy, took a private plane and flew some damn place, I don't know, and worked the deal out so he and his wife could get the vaccination and mm. you know, cut people off in line. and all. But I have a question for you. If you're that wealthy, how can you not be so wired in your own community? It, even I could get a vaccination if I wanted one. Well, I'm because not a billionaire. I, I think it's because of... Uh social media because there was there was some guy that was on the board of a long-term care facility down here in florida and he was getting vaccinations for his friends all right yeah that didn't qualify for the vaccination and people caught wind of it and it's it's not a good thing for him no no it's not but how do you how do you not know know how to do that better i mean seriously if you've ever been around one let's say a guy that that leans criminal. You understand how that whole thing works, and you know the it, quick it that, Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just would not be that tough to get the vaccination. I'm not going to do it because I don't care if I ever get it. Oh, if I do get but it, fine. If I don't get it, fine. You're not allowed to get it. Yeah, I know, and I'm not allowed to do it. I forgot that part. <laughs> but yeah, I, how could Other you not be though. more wired than that if you're that rich? Well, it sounds like he was wired. He was just wired to the wrong guy. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the problem is is that you know people are these types of people are so used to doing whatever they want, and this is such an emotional mm. thing that yeah. if anybody catches wind of it, you're going to hear about it. I suppose it's hugely that is true. emotional. Yes. Uh Oh, you guys got you guys all got uh, iPads or, or Apple products. Oh, you yep. saw that. Nope. Talking yep. about the yep. I uh, ICD thing. What now? Or uh, yeah. <laughs> The update. You don't there's have to worry about update. it. Come out of your phones. What? what there's, is a, there's an update that they're saying that if you don't do it, there's security problems. Oh. Well, what a nice product you sell for eleven hundred dollars. I thought you were talking you about the fact that very easily. I thought you were talking about the fact that if you have a pacemaker and you put the iPhone 12 in your jacket pocket, you'll have a heart attack. Yeah. The, what? Yeah. I saw that. Yep. I saw <laughs> that, yeah. It stops it, the well, yeah. It interferes that's, with it the does, pacemakers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really a thing. Yep, yeah. it sure is. It's so bad. They, oh, say, they said on their site, thing. it's like, don't use it within nine inches of your pacemaker or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So you put it in that left breast pocket in your jacket. Oops, you're dead. Attack. Oh, well, but they have immunity, you know, right? Nobody can sue them for doing that? I'm sure no one can sue them. Uh, what are we going to do about all that? I mean, Amazon, even Amazon. Nothing. People don't understand. Amazon hosts almost, almost every government website and almost every government computer. Amazon AWS, yeah. Yeah, they control it all, man. If you're on that platform, get the hell off. Like, what, what, it's just such a monopoly. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is, um, okay, so I've been I've been researching cryptocurrency just for my own fun. Not that I'm like any sort of a an expert but this whole blockchain system it's people are starting to build social media and youtube sorts of things on blockchain yeah telegram and Fediverse and that kind of stuff yep so Mm -hmm. people cannot get at them and and cancel you and censor you and all all that stuff it's people are fighting back in 
different ways. ways. Well, they're, what's going to they're happen? They're making their own cloud-based storage systems on the dark web. What's going to happen and, much easier than all of that is some country is going to say, if you host your servers in our country, you are immune to all of this. And everyone in the world is going to host their servers in that country. And that country is going to get rich as hell. Well, that country will be China. No, God no. <laughs> you don't think so? You don't, I don't think China is going to be hosting servers that are critical of the Chinese no. government. No. No. It's no. going to be some like, yeah, no. weird island somewhere. I remember be tw- India. 20 years ago or so, there was this huge explosion of .tk websites because they were selling their domain uh, for – like anyone could buy one. It was very easy. Uh, it was a territory in New Zealand – they made a ton of money because everyone was buying .tk websites. Huh. And what's what's going to happen is somewhere like that, some little island somewhere, <clears throat> is going to give you total immunity to having your service shut down for anything but the most illegal content. And that yeah. they're well, going to become like a server powerhouse of the world. They are. Don't yep. you think it should be India? They've got all the tech. Technology. They've got all the people that can do this, and then they're a pretty free society in a lot of ways. I mean, they're pretty, yeah, well, they're Anyone fairly corrupt. With the but proper infrastructure could do it. It does. Even very poor countries could stand to make tons yeah. of money off of this. It's just India whether or not they're willing up. to, and whether or not you know, like, okay, let's say some little country in the Middle East does it. What? Is, oh, all of a sudden, it turns out there's a terrorist cell that needs to be blown up there. What well, a coincidence! Yeah, how, how much power is that going to give that place? That's the thing. Is so a lot of people aren't corrupt. going to like that. It would have to be a country like Malta or something that just has no. Yeah, that's the kind of country that just that's has no political being. Yeah, at all. exactly. Well, isn't that the beauty of blockchain? Is they can't trace everything. Uh, well, I mean, it's traceable enough. It's just all anonymous is the thing. If you can trace someone's uh, blockchain ID back to them, then they're traceable, of course. Right, they didn't do a good job. (laughs) Yeah, it's like bank account numbers. You know, just because you know the number doesn't mean you know who it belongs to. We need to take a break because we have a guest coming up right after this with the family. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. 
Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Is Anthony ready to go? Yep. Anthony Brinkley, ladies and gentlemen, you can't run away from you journaling the rise to manhood. I like this, Anthony. I like it a lot. Well, I, I appreciate it, sir. I actually appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and um, did a little research on you, and you definitely have a compelling story. So um, I am honored and looking forward to converse with you and to see where this takes us. God, Anthony, I, I should ask you, what what about me is compelling? That, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you. He's um, being a gentleman. You know, you, That's what the dirt. Yeah, you, you, you're a transparent person, and, and when you, you know, when you talked about some of the challenges that you overcame in your life and faced them, I mean, that hence the title of my book. You can't run away from you. So yeah. when I looked at some of the things that you you articulated that you faced down, and actually you turned your pain into a purpose and a platform, um, I can't yep. do anything but respect that. Anthony, oh. you're my kind of guy all the way. You know what's kind of funny about that? Anthony, where'd you grow up, Anthony? So um, I was born in North Carolina, and then what little growing I did took place in Connecticut. And from that point, <laughs> I, I joined the military, and I was—I did almost 30 years in the Air Force, and that kind of restructured the way I oriented myself to myself as well as to the world. So Connecticut is kind of probably where I, I kind of hang my hat as far as home goes. All right, I want to I want to describe your situation, then I want to ask you a question about uh, just about what you were talking about here. Anthony is a retired Air Force Chief Master Sergeant, multiple award-winning leadership consultant, motivational speaker, and author. His book, "You Can't Run Away from You: Journaling the Rise to Manhood," Volume One, uh, is available on Amazon and several other places. Now, Mr. Brinkley, uh, a question I have for you because you are who you are, and you recognize who I am immediately, which very few people understand that at all. Do you have a hard time? Now, I will say, Anthony, that Minnesota is a very passive-aggressive state. They're not they're not aggressive people. They're very passive-aggressive. I mean, it doesn't mean they won't stab you right in the back, but they'll do it while smiling in your face. You know, it's one of those deals. And I cannot tell you the problem that I have with some people. I was born there. I was raised there. Didn't always live there. We've lived in New York, spent a lot of time in Chicago, you know, places like that. There are people who immediately don't like me because they think I'm really aggressive and, and get in their face a lot, which I don't. I just don't hide my feelings. You know, if someone's being a jerk, I go, you need to stop being a jerk or I'll end you. <laughs> you know, things like that. <laughs> but... They don't like it. Do you ever run into that, that people don't like the way you carry yourself? And that's all it is, the way you carry yourself. And they don't like it, a lot of them. Well, um, some of it, you know, if, if I'm really honest with myself, some of it I, I probably should own, uh, historically speaking. Sure. Because, um, yeah. you know, when I, when I grew up, I had a lot of anger inside of me. So sometimes when you're an angry individual, you feel like you have to project that anger or project that emotion and maybe get people to back down. So some of that I own, 
But then as I as I grew in life, um, and then of course you said New York, and that's kind of what I picked up from you. There's a certain um, there's a certain way that people that's been in that area carry themselves, and I love it. <laughs> like, hey man, this is what, yep, this is what yep. you're getting. Of course, like one of the terms we we would use is, hey, don't be a fugazi, you know, don't be fake. Ooh, and so fugazi, um, yeah, I think that sometimes people. They're, they're not really comfortable and they're them being authentic so it's hard for them to actually accept and embrace authentic people so um, I think no um, for you being authentic I can relate to that but what I tell people is um, you know it's not it's not what people call you it's what you answer to it or or another or another way put it um, those that you let define you you let confine you so when I learned to embrace who I was and I, as long as I wasn't off-putting then how someone took it you know they had to own that piece did you get some of your strength from your parents? Do you think uh, your mother, your father, both? So, so the, the answer is yes. Um, you know, I watched one of your interviews when you talked about um, how you look at mental health in a different way. Because when you're young, you don't. A lot mm-hmm. of us don't have understanding about how how our brain works or, or orientation to the world. And most people don't even realize your brain's not even fully developed till you're 25. So, but, right. but, but in life. We get faced with so many challenges, and we make a decision in our minds early. And if we don't go back and look at that, it can affect us. So the short answer is I got a lot of strength from them because I used to think my dad, he was an unfeeling, uncaring individual because Mm -hmm. back then he was like, a man doesn't cry. I'm like, first of all, I'm six years old. Why are you calling me a man? (laughs) You know, so let's define what a man is. I mean, I'm still, I still, you know, I just got out of diapers. <laughs> so, so what happened was, but what I did, so I held that against my dad, and I'll give you a short version. But mm-hmm. so um, later on in life, when my father died, I didn't know until after his death, when he came home at the age of 13, my mother, excuse me, his grandmother, excuse me, my grandmother, his mother had a stroke and died in his arms. So the oh. most prominent person in his mm-hmm. life, because he never met his father. So mm-hmm. the, the most prominent figure in his life died in his arms. And then that affected the way he extended love, and so that that was something that I, all I saw was, but you don't care, you don't you don't tell me you care. Hey, I fed you, right? That's that was his thing. So I'm saying that to say that I learned <laughs> yep. that people express themselves differently, and I learned that even though he might have had limitations, he gave me based on his capacity. He didn't withhold anything. He just gave me what he had. And conversely, my mother was. She was like a primary figure who worked two or three jobs. So I was home by right. myself a lot. And so, you know, I learned a lot, but it was kind of hard. So, And I didn't tell you this part real quick, but when I was five years old, um, I thought we were going for a ride, and we ended up in a hospital. And I was there for six months going through chemotherapy. And that's where a lot of my oh, anger wow. came from, from abandonment wow. issues. And, and they just said, hey, um, you can't live at home anymore, and we got to go. And, and, and that was it. And they didn't give kids there. Like when you mentioned on one of your interviews about embracing therapy and doing the work, you never drive your car 100,000 miles and not get the oil change. But when it comes to our mental health and other parts of our development, we just, you know, play it like whack-a-mole. When something pops up, we deal with 
You're very funny. You should go on stage and do it. You should do comedy, too. That would <laughs> nah, work out really, really promote, well. I, I used to promote comedians, and most of them are tortured souls, but that's a whole other podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Believe <laughs> us, we know. We're, we're all too very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but why y'all laughing? That ain't funny to me. I just said it. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. I, I just honestly, Anthony, very, very few people open the conversation. First time I ever talked to him with... I studied. Well, first of all, Anthony, I'm shocked because you're the only person in 2021 that actually completes his work and follows all the way through with his, you know, research or whatever you're doing. Anthony, I'm very, very impressed at how hard you work to get where you want to go. Well, here's the thing, my friend. Um, in America, every day before COVID, seven thousand people die every day in this country. So if you extrapolate oh, that out, to 65 days. That's 2.5 million Americans that just drop off the planet for various reasons. I think a person, and, and, and one, I got to say this too, the way that they talk about you and your family, um, how mm-hmm. you all, you said, I, I forgot the term you use about the, the closeness that you all have. It's like, you know, and so that, that impressed me. So the point I will make to you is why do I finish? Because I realized that I shouldn't even have been here based on my like my childhood and what I experienced in the anger and mm-hmm. the rage. I should have had a I should have been identified by a number or or, 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 or a plot site. So when I realized mm-hmm. that if I tell you know, pain can be your mentor. It can teach you. Pain shows you where you need to pay attention if you use it if that way or if you ignore it, it can be your tour mentor. Well, if you and I are still here, my friend, and your your beautiful family that means that we have to take our pain and our circumstance and turn it into curriculum because all of us on this podcast are doing something that 7,000 other Americans aren't going to be able to do today. So let's go fight this thing. Let's go get it. That's my whole thing. Like, you know, when I die, I'm going to have a dream in my heart and, and people like you in my life. Well, I tell you, it just, like I said, it, it's so nice to hear somebody that's not claiming to be a victim, that I'm hurt and you hurt me and you turned on me. You, know, you stepped up and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Anthony Brinkley is going to handle his own life. He's going to take care of himself. He's going to get where he wants to go, become an Air Force Chief Master Sergeant, which not everybody can do. We know that. Only 1% of uh, people, actually, in the Air Force. Yeah, 1% one, 1% of people. How do you feel about becoming the mayor of Minneapolis? <laughs> <laughs> We're desperate. We We're desperate, really desperate for Probably leadership. Like me very much. Desperate. <laughs> 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 they run you out, Anthony. They run, run you out, out no quick question. on a rail. <laughs> I love that idea. Well, if you decide you want to do it, I, I own the website, mayorofminneapolis.com, so I'll give it to you. There you go. Wow. Governor's well, o- governorship, we need that too. So, Governor, governor Mayor, okay, whatever. We're about you to take make your... an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. Do you think part of it, yeah, you, you knew you're going to have to get to work to get somewhere from where you were, um, you know, with your mother, your father, you can't live with us anymore, you can't do this, you can't do that. Do you, you know, when you set, up, set about doing this, what I'm really impressed, and, and maybe the, I'm only saying that's because the same thing I did, that um, I didn't put up with this whole tough guy deal. You don't, you know, I'm sure you're a very tough guy, Anthony, but you don't come across that way. But you also come across as somebody who's got a great sense of humor. You're a very smart guy. You figured out each one of your, the parts of your personality, and you're using it to its fullest. That's very smart, man. Well, one, thank you for your kind words. But two, as you know, my friend, you know, it's a process. It's not like hitting a light switch. And so 
Yeah. I'm a firm believer that in life you can't address what you haven't acknowledged. So I'll give you, you know, you were transparent in some of things, so I'll give you a quick moment of transparency. So because I was so angry, and uh, I, I actually used my profession. I mean, I was an honor graduate in basic training, and all. I won all these accolades, but on the inside, I was dying. I was just wishing someone would ask me for help or, or ask me oh, if yeah. I needed help. And so what right. I did was I, 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 hide, I hid behind my success to try to prove to the world that I wasn't what people said. But I realized as, as I started to climb that ladder, eventually it was leaning up against a wall. So a quick story is what I used to do was um, I, would get a, I, would get a, I was a functioning alcoholic. And what I would do is I would get a, 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 a bottle of water and I'd pour out the water and I'd put vodka in it because vodka doesn't, Ooh, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. emit. And then I would go to work, and I was functioning like, and to the point where I made provisions that I knew I'd get pulled over for drunk driving. So I practiced the field sobriety. I could pass it drunk. I could recite the alphabet backwards, all the way to A. So the point I'm making to your question is, a lot of us, we've made provisions for the thing we're trying to hide. So, you know, so some of us, it's not that we love our job. We don't want to go home to deal with what's going on at home. Yeah. So for me, again, back to when I talked about the title of the book, you can't run away from you, a young man's journey, a journey to, to, to rise to manhood. I couldn't be who I was professing if I didn't face things. Because people like you are too smart, and you pick up with people aren't being authentic. What makes you great, like you or not, people are going to know who you and your family are because you're going to come off as authentic. And so what we're going through is that we, it, we, we're doing heart surgery on people because people's hearts are the ones that we, the things that we have to get to to change the mind. So I said the first heart I need to work on is, is, is my own, and that's kind of what the genesis of all of this. Makes sense. Anthony, do you have one more segment in you? I'd love to keep you another 10, 15 minutes if you got time. I could stay here as long as you need me, but I, but I will tell you this. Um, you know, me talking to you and your family is something – that I would have never did growing up because I had a lot of issues with people who didn't look like me because I was yeah, bust across yeah. town and I saw things. And I tell people half of learning is learning and the other half is unlearning. I was taught stuff that was wrong. And then when I was in the hospital, um, I met someone that looked like you that, that didn't correspond with my lifestyle and they, they were a savior to my state of mind. And I realized... Wonderful. We can change the world one person at a time. I'm not smart enough to change the whole world, but I can influence the people that I come into contact with. So I'm grateful that I didn't die with rage in my heart, and now I can go to people who don't even know me, and I can show them that you can't bring me down to your level, but if I reach down, it's to try to bring you up. So no, what I would would just comment to what you said is that you and I have a lot in common. We were fighting our whole lives. When you were a child, Fighting was the thing that was, it, it kept you, it made you survive. But if we're not careful, the thing that we needed to do that was necessary back then, it becomes a part of our life. But now we don't have to fight or we change how we fight. So I was just fighting yep. just to fight. But now I'm like, no, I'm fighting to restore now. So there's a difference in my methodology. But I'm always going to be yeah. a fighter, but I'm not going to try to kill anybody anymore. 
No, I understand that completely. Two things before we take a break, and, I, and if you can stay, that would be wonderful. Uh, sure. When you said earlier in your statement, I'm a functioning alcoholic, Catherine looked at me, my wife looked at me like, oh, he's got something else in common with you. So two we, peas in a pod. Yeah, my man. <laughs> two peas. The, the only reason I wasn't really an alcoholic was because I didn't go to the meet. They said, well, if you go to the meet, you're alcoholic. So I ain't go to the meet, so you can't get me that. <laughs> but, but I met the criteria. <laughs> you know, I just didn't have membership in the meeting. Man, we got to have you on at least once a week. This is this is doing my heart good, I'll tell you that. And and going into the break, let me say this. Exactly what you were talking about. I grew up in a, in a uh, inner-city neighborhood, very, very poor. A lot of black people, Jews, and Catholics. That's who lived in my neighborhood. And we're walking down the hall at North High School one day. And Ralph, my friend, is a black man in America today, is about six foot three, weighed about 250 pounds. Really big guy for a high school kid, you know what I mean? So, so Ralph and I are walking down the hall, and he goes, Hey, Tommy, let me tell you something. You're really funny, but don't you ever make fun of me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I heard man. that. There is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back more with Anthony Brinkley. You can't run away from you journaling the rise to manhood, volume one. Right back. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story... It made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. The Tom Falsley. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I'm just listening to this. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Rebel, Rebel, Baby. Mm-hmm. It is a great song. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Brinkley with us. Uh, you Can't Run Away From You, Journaling the Rise to Manhood, Volume 1. 
One of the things I talk a lot about, and by the way, Anthony, I want to get you booked on the morning show that I do as well. It's a, it's a big morning show in town, and I want to get you on there. Because you and I can deliver a message together to people. I am getting really tired of, uh, oh, I hate this person. This person was treated poorly. No, no, they hate me. No, I, look, we all have to treat each other exactly the same. Not better, not worse. You're not better than me. You're not worse than me. When are people going to learn that lesson, Anthony? I don't know. I, I, I would I would be, I mean, I'm an optimist, so um, no matter what my environment is, and maybe I learned that being in the military and being in combat and things like that. Matter of fact, I used to tell the troops, I remember when um, it was Operation Desert Fox, it was one of the um, offshoot ex, um, uh, bat surges that we had during Operation Desert Storm, and I was the first sergeant leading a whole bunch of folks, and we were about to go over and they looked at me because of my position. They're like, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to apply our training. I said, I need you guys to understand something. The folks that we're going to, do, you know, in the gate, engage with, they're not going to try to kill every black person or white person or Christian or Jew or Muslim or people that don't even believe in or have faith. They're going to try to kill every American that they see. And I told mm-hmm. them, I said, so here, here's the bottom line. I'm not even going to focus on who you love or who you hate. You just can't bring that here. So, so my thing is... Um, I talk about a story where um, when I was younger, again, I, I had a lot of rage in my heart, and someone took a lot of time and patience and, and kind of helped deconstruct my mentality, and, and they did it through patience and love. So I'm not really sure if it is or when it is, but I know I have the ability, and you have the ability to influence. That's why I think, and I'll be quiet after this, that's why I think that us having a discussion like this coming from different perspectives or different walks of life or maybe just looking different, um, I think we can lead that discussion because, again, when people think, well, you understand how I feel. No, I don't understand how you feel because I haven't walked in your shoes. So let's examine that. So I think with understanding empathy, which is the bridge that connects us, we can we can make those inroads. And you have had an established platform for years. So I need to be asking you that question. <laughs> I just I, think you're in a situation right now. You did, you did. Yes, <laughs> you were being a master sergeant on me there. I, I, I saw that coming. But um, one of the things I, I do love about, because uh, I was reading more of the things, there's, there are a lot of things I still want to ask you. And thanks for being on an extra segment here, because this is going to be very helpful. But I've been talking a long, long time about this whole situation, what you were just talking about. I don't understand. Now, here's the way I picture it as a young kid growing up to a, uh, to a man. For, for several hundred years, black people were treated like dirt in America. Horribly were killed. I mean, so many, many things. So instead of helping everybody, you know, meet the day and everybody being at the same level and let's all share this life together, now there are people, well, white people suck. Well, come on. What, where, was it a good thing when you went after black skin color? Hell no. Is it good you're going after white? Hell no. That's not what we need. We need equality in my opinion you think that's true anthony i think that is true but i think i think one of the issues in my humble opinion i think america has an anger problem oh god and yeah to me if yep. you spell out the word anger a-n-g-e-r then you spell out the word danger d-a-n-g-e-r when we don't address our anger and we say look i don't want to hear about that or i don't want to talk about that then in some right. cases where people are being dismissed and I, I was talking to people about riots. I said, listen, let me explain something to you. You will never get me to argue about a riot is right. But what I will try to get you to understand is if you reverse engineer how a riot starts, it starts because a lot of people feel like they couldn't speak. 
and I'm not again I'm not condoning any of that, but I am saying it's a form of communication. It's a horrible form of communication. But if we have a problem with anger, regardless of what end of the spectrum you're on, and if it's unresolved, it normally proliferates into something that affects us all adversely. So the one thing is this acknowledge how we feel about it. I don't have to concur with how you see it, but I need to at least give you the dignity of to, to hear you and then let you know in, the, in us having this discourse, I'm here with you, so why are you projecting anger on me? Well, I'm just frustrated. I get yep. that. But I'm here with you. So I think one of the first things I do when I do crisis management or, or coaching people is say, tell me how you feel, unfiltered. And, and we just, we're just not going to abuse each other in the process. So I think if we start to allow people to express it, or some people haven't been given the sensibilities to deal with it appropriately, and then, then what we end up focusing on is the abject, the, the terrible behavior, but we don't look at what caused the behavior in their mind. Yeah. That makes sense. He it could does. also be the sheriff of Minneapolis. What do you think? Yeah, are you going to be the mayor, the governor, the sheriff? Come on. <laughs> we need help. I might I'm have to drive there one way. day and need help. Need help in hand. <laughs> 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 I'm not touching that sheriff thing, man. Well, Officer Dave oh, already I has... I uh, sheriff, but I didn't shoot the deputy. Officer <laughs> Dave already has... Uh, you have his respect, so there you go. He's a... Uh, how go. long has Let's, he been on the force? I, I, have, I have immense... I do a lot of work with law enforcement, actually. Um, a lot of people... If, if you go to nursing homes and places like that, you don't see a lot of people that work in law enforcement because a lot of them don't live a long period of right. time oh, once yeah. they get out because right. of what we expose them to. Are there opportunities to improve what we do? Absolutely. But to, to what you said, sir, to generalize a, a broad brush stroke everybody with anything, that just shows how much we don't know about something. Because we don't like when people do it to us, but we feel free to do it to others. Nah, mm-hmm. we're better than that. You know what I love about that? It was uh, Catherine, my lovely wife, is here. Our son Andy was the one you just talked to there. And our daughter, Alex, we're, the whole family's on the show today with a very good family friend, L.A. Nick. And what I want you to, I want to bring this up because it's on your descriptor. I love this paragraph. Bringing hope to young people who believe the odds are stacked too high against them succeeding. Mm. I would love if you if you have the time to talk about that a bit because Alex is 31, about to be 32, and he's 34 years old. So they fit in that under 40 crowd that really is looking at us like, well, what am I supposed to do? Right? Well, well they're looking well, at well, you, thanks. Tom. Or that. Well, what, oh, what, I, what I would say, and, 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 and when, I, when I get into this, and I'll give you the short version, but a lot, I believe most people when they, live this, when they leave this earth, they, they will die with their dreams still born with not within them. Their dreams not coming to full term. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. wanting to be actually born. Like there's a different statistic on being conceived and actually coming to get, being birthed. It's like one in 400 trillion. Just to get, so the odds of you being born are astronomical, yet there's so much pressure for people to conform. Hey, I went to this school, you need to go to school. We, everybody in the family worked at the mill. And, um, and so when you look at a child before they, before they learn about the world, they're uninhibited. They don't care how people see them. They want to be an astronaut, Superman, a frog, because nothing's out of limits when you're a child. And then the world starts to beat them down. So what I would suggest to, um, you know, your family members is that go somewhere and quiet your mind so you can hear that small voice that speaks to you. And, and, and I will tell you where your ministry is, and that's why I'm saying to you, sir, 
what makes you great, the stuff that bothers you, that's where you're supposed to have an impact. If you look at a lot of people that work with children that are disadvantaged, usually they came up in a disadvantaged environment. Why do I have yeah, a passion yep. to help people? Because when I was in a distressed situation, someone helped me. So your conscience is the thing that, that would, stuff that doesn't bother other people bothers you. And the thing that bothers you is the thing that you should get involved. So I would just say to the people in your family that you asked me to speak to, quiet your mind and figure out if you could do anything in the world, take pain and status out of it, but it gives you fulfillment. Pursue those things. And you could sell shoes, and when somebody buys shoes from you, they feel better about their life because you engage with them in a, use, in a, in a prominent way. So I would just say quiet your mind, listen, and be courageous enough to go get it, just like you did. You, you look at your eyes and what you went through, and you, you changed the generation. You, you said my father wasn't even in my life because of different things he dealt with. And you, in, in your own way, you said, I'm going to have the best family I can ever have. And I looked at you, I'm <laughs> oh, like, that's well, true. they got to be in the yep. top two because they look wonderful to me. <laughs> well, what do you think of that, Andy and Alex? You look wonderful to Anthony. I mean, it's the first time I for agree. everything. <laughs> first time for everything. Duality of man, no, right I, there. I just really love what you talk about, Anthony. I love your approach to the whole situation. You had a tough, tough road to hoe. Uh, you know what a tough guy is. And that's one thing that I always loved. I mean, the guy's the president of Hell's Angels, so he should be, you know, toe the line in law and order a little more than he does. But Sonny Barger, who was the president of the Hell's Angels International, uh, was once asked about if he was a tough guy. And he responded by saying, you know, everybody's a tough guy till they meet a tough guy. Yeah. I always <laughs> love that. Always love that saying. It's true. It is true. Uh, it is. Being a, being a tough guy is being what you are, Anthony, what I try to be, a real tough guy. Like I said, my wife, our son, our daughter, we're all together. Uh, the only time I go off the rails is if somebody bothers them, then you see that psychopath that I was when I was a teenager because right. I'm not letting anybody mess with my family. But other than that, I'm pretty even keel because I have a magnificent wife. I told her last night. You're even keel. Did you just say what? that? How am I not even keel? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thought we were being truthful here, pal. Pretty funny, Anthony. Tom. My wife's turning. My, my wife's turning on me. <laughs> it's not even keel. <laughs> I don't know what a word she should get, but there's something. There's there has to be a level of recognition that this woman needs to receive, based on. I mean, Mother Teresa. Nah. Your yeah, wife yeah, is yeah. the one we That's need to hold up. <laughs> not Mother Teresa, Catherine. No, not, yes. I love you, dear. There but you're you not go. Even <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's not a word. That the was not two words I would use with Tom. No. no. What, no. even keel? Yeah, no. I just wouldn't Merely use Really even keel. No, I wouldn't use that with you. Sorry. I just don't understand what you're talking about. I'm level-headed, even keel. I keep. I never lose my temper. <laughs> I would say you you're, you're a very loving person, but I wouldn't say even keel. I'm yes. a very loving person. I've got yeah. tons of great qualities, but yeah. even keel just isn't one of them. Well, Anthony, well, I had a great time for a while until they all turned on me here. You were actually on a roll, and you went down that path, and <laughs> they, they, they showed you a sign and said, now, nah, you, you might want to. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you <laughs> gotta, yeah. Anthony, I'm, I'm a pretty small guy. I'm like 5'7", weigh 150 pounds. So I, I don't play tough guy too often. But I know I remember one time I did because I knew I was if I didn't, I was going to get beat up. Yeah, and it, right. was, it was like ten pagans, their motorcycle gang, and they they come out and they 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 saw me and I had I had real long hair at the time, like almost down to my waist, and they were like, "Hey, you fag!" And I I knew that I had to stand oh, up for myself yeah. because right. there was no other way. I was alone, so I had to play tough guy. And I was like, "I just like if I was just." Instantly, was like "fuck you" and start yelling at him. They're like, "What'd you say?" And, and I said it back. And I remember, I still friends with this guy. His name's Rabbit. He came over and he put his arm around Rabbit. me. Little Rabbit. He, yeah, he came up big, dude. Oh, oh, I think we lost him. Do we lose Anthony? I think we might have hit his limit or something. Oh no! Hit his limit. Oh. Yeah, ten after. Yeah, it's oh, ten no, after. He was booked till fifteen after. Mm-hmm. Well, if he know. calls back, let me know because I, I definitely want to get him booked on the morning show, and I'd like to have him back on this show. He, seriously, to hear a black voice like Anthony Brinkley yes. is really important to the so world refreshing. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to hold this against you. In the military. And you that's, that's saying a lot, man. Yeah, it is. You're well, absolutely right. He, his messaging is just so calm and reassuring. I love that. It is. All right, we'll take a break. Be back in just a couple minutes with hour two. Thank you again to Anthony Brinkley. You can't run away from you journaling the rise to manhood, volume one. I do need to, do you know, Andy, that phone number, if that, is that his direct line? I think so, yes. Oh, because I want to book him on the morning show as well. I'd love to get him on the morning show. Really enjoyed having him on. We'll be back. Another great guest coming up next hour. Huh? There it is. we're talking. Not on my calendar. Yep, you got Alex knows who it is. I'd, I'll tell you. Is it a surprise? No, it's. <laughs> do you want me to say it right now on air, or do you want to keep it a secret? Yeah, you could do the promo for him. Mike Lindell's going to be on. <laughs> That's a great promo. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Lindell. Yeah, you really, wow. you really, really belted that. Well, you you really committed to that. And in twenty minutes. Twenty minutes from now, ladies and gentlemen. In between representative, complete Mike Wow. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. Boy, look at the time. <laughs> we'll be back. Bye.